Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton, and welcome to another podcast where we've got loads to get through. We've got the extra time looking back on the disappointing home result against Burnley. I'll be joined by Teddy McAllister and Owen Park for that. Then we'll be handing you over to Steve Hornby along with Tom Long and James for the Babylon Blues. They're going to be having a discussion on what the future holds for Alex Awobi at Everton, and then later on, I'll be back with Teddy and Owen once again for the preview for the Manchester City game in the FA Cup on Saturday. And we'll be finishing with the classic quiz where Owen and Teddy will be going head-to-head. So we've got all that to look forward to. But first of all, let's get straight into the extra time segments against Burnley. Welcome to the extra time segment, Burnley. Of beating Everton, Everton won Burnley two. Wants to take uh, Everton have been diced, uh as Owen would say. <laughs> um, we'll we'll go straight into it. We'll go to Owen for his opinion on this one. I think because you know you're obviously very clued up on Burnley and how they play football. So yeah, I'll, I'll just think it went. Taking all the jokes aside, we were absolutely diabolical for the 90 minutes of that game. I couldn't think of a single Everton player who performed reasonably. It was, it was just, I just, Alex Awobi did well in his preferred position. He got shoved out of it after about half an hour. It's just Tom Davis giving the ball away in his own half. Alan running around like he's had about three Big Macs before he came on. It's, Defenders forgetting how to defend, and it, and the strikers were pretty ineffective. That I put do put down to Burnley because I, I thought they were they were fantastic. I think one of their performances of the season, from what I've seen, I think they were really good. Um, that they we probably handed them absolute comfort in the Premier League now, and they, they'll be fine. Um, but as for us, that's a really disappointing result because we needed to go and win, and we didn't. But Full credit to Burnley doing things in the right way. I mean, we've had Brighton come to Goodison this season and Southampton playing football the right way, and they go both got put on their arse and Burnley come play football different way and they win. So maybe there isn't a right way after all. So that's just as much as we can expect from modern day fans knowing nothing about football. It's all about football being played the right way, whatever it was. Everton saying played it the wrong way yesterday. It wasn't. We didn't play in the way. Played all the way. It was yeah. um, honestly, it was absolutely ridiculous how bad we were. Like, you know, was the, I don't think there's any player who can come off that pitch with the head held high after that one. They might as well have blown the whistle when Chris Wood scored, but then you we weren't going to win the game. From as soon as when Wood scored, so oh, it was just incredibly annoying. We had that Richardson chance early on, which poked it well with, didn't he? Um, if that were to win, in, I could have actually seen us boring out a 1 0, but it means nothing when they score first because 
you don't want a one nil deficit against Burnley. A two nil deficit is near on impossible. So it's yeah, I'm astonished we even scored to be honest. It was a good p- bit of play from Davis again in the box and I went to be honest, my man went I weren't even looking at the screen when the ball went in, so someone lost the I'll have to go to someone else on the goal. And it was it was a really well taken like I will we played a little ball inside to Davis, made a little run in, inside the right hand side of the box and put a belter of a cross in and Calvert Lewin as did in three header. But it was yeah. a really good cross from Davis basically and Calvert Lewin took it well. <laughs> this, this sort of monkey on our backs that we can't outshoot the opposition is becoming a bit of an issue. I think we haven't outshot an opponent for months. I mean, that isn't an issue for me, but it just it just gives people who are just moaners and got issues with everything a bit of a bit of um, something to go on. And it's, we, but I think it's fact, I think it is there is a good point to be made there in that. And especially you know, when you lose games and you're not know, shooting the opponent, that I have a bit of an issue with. When you're winning... When you win it, it doesn't matter, you know. Because it's not trying to see the game out, aren't you? So you're not actively going to shoot. But when you're losing to the games like Fulham and Newcastle and this one, when you're not out shooting them, when you're, you're getting beat, you, you've got to be really worried because... They should be more creative than you when they're in front. And I, th- I actually think if there was going to be a third goal in the game, it was going to come from Burnley. No, there could have been a third or a fourth or a fifth, to be honest. The way because the first half was going. Well. Holgate had his hands up in the box. You can't do that. It was a pen. Yeah, it was just it was ridiculous. But I think for me, I just think we gave Sam Allardyce a lot of stick for like these kind of metrics you know obviously not the same but like the fact that other teams have more shots than us no that like teams that in the bottom the, three the Sam Allardyce's results would have been David Moyes did not play open free or tractor football or everything but he got away with it because he didn't talk out of his ass and he, and he, and he was respectful of the club and we didn't have no money etc he got sick because he talked out of his ass, and no, then the fact that we were twenty for shots wouldn't have been brought up at all if he was saying I didn't go on about what scintillating football we played and all that nonsense and Chang toes and come playing us. Now that's why he got sick because he's a divvy. Yeah, I just think with with the situation. I mean, we talk about metrics and like. Maybe people saying like a team pushing for Champions League or Europa League, whatever, shouldn't be having such low metrics. But you look at the team, we have got an absolutely terrible squad. Well, the teams who go for the Champions League don't have Kyle John on the bench every two weeks and three goalies or whatever we ended up with. It's, it, you know, it, the squad's clearly not good enough, especially without the core eight again in the Champions League. We've just got to dig in and get your own league because it'd be really disappointing after the season we have if we didn't end up with some form of Europe but oh well I mean this this we can have no complaints about not getting anything from this game because they were comfortably the better team yeah they'll definitely I just think there's a lot of problems here that need to be addressed I mean I was incredibly fearful when Decore got injured um, that this could happen. I feel. Actually, I, 
I actually think I said a couple of weeks ago in one of these in, in one of these off camera that Burnley would win this game. I just knew it because, but they're good. I as well we're not very good on that. They could sit, defend, get a lead, make it difficult, and we wouldn't have an answer. And you, as soon as we couldn't beat Fulham in Newcastle, we wouldn't beat these. Yeah, but um, my concern was when Decore got in. Did that we go back to the way we were? Project restart the end of last season when literally every team, no matter how good or bad they were, would just overrun us and. My worst fears have been realised. Uh, My suggestion would probably be putting Ben Godfrey in the midfield to get some legs in there and then put me in the back centre-back because when, when there's just go, Gomez, Andre Gomez, Regina. Why is that? Honestly, no, honestly, mate. It's, I've, I've it's got to course... the point. More people are angry about his performances than me. I don't even care about him anymore. It's just like everyone's like, raging Andre Gomez. Yeah, you, you're I've just like I told you this last year. I've been seeing this for about 18 months, so well, more than that. Go to that Villa performance that I was freaked out about a couple of years ago. Was just, yeah, he was he was the pick of the bunch for me yesterday. Awful. Yeah, no, he was. He was absolutely. But this is the thing: you can't have Andre Gomez in the midfield without Takore because you could have stopped that midfield. Oh. But um, honestly, no. But like, without a graft, I like to call a big physical presence. He just stands there, and every single player, I'm not even messing. Like, I'm, I'm not even talking like world class players like Bernardo Silva or anything. You know, I'm, I'm talking like Isaac Hayden and them, and you know these types of players like long staffs and that they'll just waltz past him because he just stands there and lets them. He won't even throw a foot in. He just like let them waltz past. Ashley Westwood could have played in midfield on his own yesterday and we had about four in there. It was just that easy. No, honestly, it's a disgrace though because, you know, these are, you know, Burnley are good and, you know, we, we know like the, they're really good at what they do, but we, we're supposed to be a professional football team. You've got to hold your own in the midfield. Like, what are these players we should, doing? We should definitely be... The money we, we've spent in the, in the last X number of years... Compared to what Burnley have to spend, we should be beaten with no issues. It's, it's, it's testament to what they do that they can continue to get these results. But from our point of view, it's just not good enough. I don't. Sigurdsson must have been injured or something to not come on the pitch. Yeah, they had a little injury. You think? Because if, if we were going to score, it's set pieces. So I'd have just put him on, sit him on by the ball boy, and every time we got a corner, just let him take it or something because it would have been doing more than what Gomez did. Oh, definitely, but. Uh... No, I just think like these players, you know, they're not probably on peanuts compared to what our players are on. They just so show so much more graft and organisation. Like, how can the players playing for Everton be so unprofessional in the way they conduct themselves? I, I, I thought we were okay until we conceded the first goal, and then it was like, oh, we may as well give up on this one now because they knew they weren't coming back from it. So. I don't know. Never blame fans not being in Goodison again because it's the worst myth in football. No, I honestly, our results at home now, I think it's seven defeats at home this season. Like, I think it's five yeah. out of seven in the last seven. So, you know, it's I, absolutely rescue. You look at the teams we've got beat off as well. Leeds United, we got beat to. We won 1-0. They kept a clean sheet against us. West Ham, you can accept that kind of because they're doing really well. But Fulham and Newcastle, Fulham. 
Newcastle, Newcastle. though. Honestly. Newcastle. Newcastle weren't even trying. Both times this season we played Newcastle. Both times they were playing for the nil-nil and we handed them a win. They didn't even like come out and just like blitz us for half an hour and score two goals. Did they? they just literally were petrified the whole game and they got a Callum Wilson header and then a counter. They didn't, the other teams you can say have deserved it. They didn't deserve it. They were just rancid and I'm really disappointed we lost to them that day. But I just think there's, there's so many. Uh, we played about eight midfielders in the away game. <laughs> we played me and you on the wings. We the one. Honestly, no mate. Honestly, it's just I can't get my head around all these absolute grifters. They are they're just like absolute con artists. Some of these players we've got, like I think Newcastle. I can get be take and be to anyone, but Newcastle. It it just makes me a bit sick to be honest. Newcastle. Yeah, I think for me, it's not even like I can take defeat to anyone if we put a decent fight up. But, you know, these players are just. All we had to do was turn up against Newcastle and we would have beat them. That was it, though. It was like. I just had the new coach bounce, Graham Jones. Doing wonders, isn't he? But um, I just think without Takore, there's nothing in that midfield. Like, how would you. I think the Godfrey shout you've just come up with might be a good answer, but that's the only thing that I can see that might solve this because Alan. Blows hot and cold, he can have a good game, then he can be wretched like he was yesterday. Yeah, he wasn't good yesterday, no. Um, Gomez is useless. Sigurdsson can't play that deep and won't grab anyway. And Tom the Davis th- is thing- another inconsistent one. The thing with Sigurdsson is he gets stick for his really bad performances, but I, I can't think of a terrible performance he's had playing as a number 10. It's always been when he's been played deep, like he was against Newcastle. He just doesn't get into the game and he's not quick enough to dictate the play. Playing behind the striker and touching the ball six times a game, he's all right doing this. So I don't mind him playing in them situations. It's when he's playing against Newcastle and he's coming deep and he's just looking abysmal. It's it's just a really awkward situation we've got because the squad's not good enough. Anyway, what's Terry's thoughts on the game? Because I'm just ranting off here. Yeah, me and you were just ranting between us at the moment. Go ahead, Terry, what? Where do you think we stand out? We bounce back from this. Beat Man City in the cup. No one will even remember this game. It's, I know I've made that sound really easy, but um, you've, you've covered it all basically. You know, like looked all right in the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes, concede the goal, and then suddenly we start playing suicidal football and, you know, start making Burnley look like, you know, peak Brazil. They were all over us. Um, and then after that, I, when we got to 2-0, I was like, tempted to, I've, never, I've never done this in my life, but I was genuinely tempted to switch it off and go, that's it, we're not going not gonna to get nothing. And it just it turns into the same old story with um, the away game, the home games, because teams have figured out that Everton don't want the ball. So if you let Everton have the ball, they'll pass, them, to they'll pass themselves to death and they'll give you the goal. Unless, without James Rodriguez, we can't break a team down who are going to sit in like that. We were absolutely excellent when we're doing that job on a better team. When you know we went to these away grounds and we were happy to have 30 40% possession and just make the key moments count, that's when we look good. That's why we look good in the away games. 
but in the own games, everyone's doing that to us, and we've got no answer for it. At the beginning of the season, we were you know scoring loads of goals, but we had everyone more or less fit, including Hammers, who no one knew how to deal with yet. Like you know, Newcastle so stands out to deal with him, just kick him everywhere. But um <laughs> yeah, the, the top four's gone. Like the season's not over. We've got loads to play for, but the top four's gone, and I thought the top four was gone even before we played Chelsea. Because I thought there was too many games and our squad was not going to last that long. Like when you look at the teams we're, we're competing for the fourth place with, they've got better depth. We've got we had two starters injured yesterday in Hammers and um, Decore, and we couldn't cope without them. Like they were the like two injured two first teamers. So depending on who it is, one first teamer we struggle to deal with. Other teams don't have that. that that's that's probably why Carlo. All season, when they've said Champions League, Champions League, he's gone Europe, Europe. He's not soft. He knows full well that if we if we get in the Champions League, it'll be by an absolute fluke because we haven't got the depth. You know, we we get a couple of injuries and the 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 levels drop dramatically. Now, don't get me wrong. Yesterday we had a good enough team to beat Burnley, but everyone was just having a bad game. Didn't matter who it was, like. Players who were usually good, Godfrey didn't think he had a good game. You know, he's he's not closing down two with the two goals quick enough. Um, you know, Holgate played awfully. Holgate's not the player to play right back when you're going to play against a team who are going to let him have the ball. When you're playing against a Sadio Mane or a player he's just got to have a one-on-one battle with, he's great because he's a good defender. But he, you saw his deliveries that they're awful. It will be. I think his best position is going to be on the bench. Because he can't cross, he can't. I agree with Fink. I agree with Fink. It's just best positions in the bin. Yeah, he's just. I had a lot of respect for Wobi until he started shouting his mouth off in the week, and then he's been playing his preferred position now. He's just looked a bit shit, hasn't he? So, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, he he's only the best he's looked all season when he's been coming on for five minutes at the end and doing a few like JJ Acacia tricks in the corner. That's the Wobie in a nutshell. Con people into thinking he's good, but and uh, to be honest, him at number 10 might work on another day because it didn't work against Burnley for sure, but I don't want to write off his whole chances of playing in that position off one performance, but he didn't He didn't do nothing. And, and frankly, before the Burnley goal, it looked like we were going to get some joy like that because Richarlison picked it up a couple of times in the match and ran at them. And... He'd come from that sort of deep striker position where the Wobie could have been, and that's the number 10. And we just didn't make it count. I, everyone, everyone had a bad game. Like, so Coleman, whatever that pass was he tried to do, he put it straight out when he not long after he'd come on. Do you remember he like shinned it out? Yeah, I'm not going to criticize Coleman because every time I do, he comes back with a good, perform- good few performances, and then the now we're all on Twitter going, see, you said he was crap. Mean. But everyone, like Alan, Alan looked like, you know, it's a bit harsh on him because he has not long come back from injury, but as I always said, looked like he'd had a roast in it before he started the match. Tom he Davies, Tom Davies is at fault for the first goal in a big way because he um, he thinks he's getting a foul there and it's not a foul for me. He no, he's he's getting, He thinks he's getting one, no, that's why he's gone down so tamely. So he's been weak and then we've conceded from it. Now it's not all, all down to him. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of um, yards to cover before it ends up in the net, but he's he's a good big part in it. But then he upped his game a little bit, I think, after that. Like his assist was great, and he was looking to try and you know make amends for it. 
but the whole team is just awful. Calvert Lewin, who's been probably our player of the season, or at least one of them, he has a stinker. Like he, he hasn't had chances for weeks, and the second he starts getting them, he's fluffing them constantly. But listen, it it's one of those things. They'll have to try and figure it out. The injuries have to try and figure out the home form. It's ten games left, and and then there's the cup as well. There's loads to play for, and we're not out of you know the season's not over. And people's hot takes are a little bit you know a little bit too off for me because. You know, everyone... Mate, I'll just put a banner outside there saying I know nothing about football and there's me Twitter. That's what he might as well do. Yeah, I think it's the same. You can, if you win a couple of games, everyone changes one way, and if you lose a couple of games, everyone swings the other. We won't know, we can't judge this season until the last whistle's blown because, and that in itself is progress because usually at this time of year, the, there's nothing to play for for us anyway, except for we talk about the summer about now, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, some people are, they're just that used to it. But for me, it was a terrible performance from pretty much all the players. The only player I thought had an half-decent game was Michael Keane. Um, and even he, he shanked the clearance for Wood's goal. Yeah, I'm not, I didn't say he had a perfect performance. He, he couldn't live with that, Chris Wood. Is that Chris Wood? Yeah, his name's Chris. Yeah, he's yeah, gets his air cut, direct. But um, he's... <laughs> <laughs> he's... Um, he didn't have a perfect game, but I thought Keane was the only one who didn't come off the pitch and think that I was shocking there. But, um, yeah, there's more games to play and we're still in the fight for a lot of things. We, we haven't suddenly gone five or six points behind the European places. We're still in them and there's a lot of games left and we've got, you know, a chance in the cup. Someone, you know, Man City got beat by United the other day and United didn't even play that well. They just took their chances. You never know what could happen. Yeah, you don't know, but we've got to turn up. We've got to start putting more of a fight up than that. You know, that is wretched at home. And the I just think... The thing that's think, worrying me... Go on, go ahead, no, I, was just, I was just going to say, the things that's worrying me the most is if we get the City game, the next home game in the Premier the next league game is Crystal Palace, and that's going to be a rinse. They'll do the same to us, what, what they just done. A fantastically well-organised team who, who, who know how to sort of see how it wins when they get the nose in front. We give them an early goal. We give the ball away in our own half and our heart puts in the corner. They're not going to get beat because I think in about three years, they've lost once when conceding first. No, they've lost once when they've scored first in a game. So we can see the first goal there. We've got no chance of winning it. That's the... For us to succeed the season, we've got to show more fight. And nah, I just think, you know, you can understand, Joe, we had that result yesterday, it was disappointing, but we battered them and they low blocked us. You could go, oh, it's family. But we got outplayed by them, we got outran by them. You know, these players, these players need to stand up now and say, we want to be in Europe and put a performance in that shows that. You know, show a bit of fight and show a bit of desire that you want to be playing in Europe next season because that's like that shows you want to be playing in the championship next season if you play like you know, if you play like that. Obviously we won't, we're all right, but like but that's but that performance screams I want to get relegated, never mind, I want to get into Europe. I just think it's about desire and these players need to stand up. You know, these I'm fear I was fearful because of Project Restart last year and these are the same players that let us down then. And you know, we need hammers back quickly. We, there's no doubt about that. But um, I this just think what, we need more, this is we need what more fighters. Me. This is what annoys me when people talk about 
defensive tactics or whatever they like to go on, but the nonsense is this team would get absolutely mauled if they opened the pitch up. It would, mm. it would we, we, we can't open the pitch up and expect to win games of football in the Premier League. Well, we can't, but we wouldn't be in the top six or seven like we are. We, to, in order to get results, we've got to be street fighters. And that yesterday wasn't fighting at all. There wasn't any we fights had, at all. If we had a match with Burnley did yesterday, we'd have won the game because we've got better players than what Burnley have. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me that we think when we play at home, against, not against, against any, just a home in general, because against Southampton, a team who play 700 passes before they leave their own half, we beat them because we, we did what we did away. We nicked the game. against, But against Newcastle and Burnley, they, they're both defensive defensively and West Ham as well they're both defensively drilled. sound well not sound Newcastle but the, the, they sit but back the, but the drill to be defensive yeah and so and so when we play them we think oh we've got to turn into Man City and have 700 passes and is it, we we do that against anyone never mind someone like Burnley who, who thrives upon that we're not going to win the game it, I don't know why it sounds ludicrous in some of these games at home against anyone, we just don't play long and just we got too physically Can you able. Cross to it? Get the ball, get the ball for, get out wide and get in the box, and we get a lucky break and we score. When we can just sit back then, can't we? Because like we do, because we're quite good at doing that. It, it, the fact that we're so patient in our build up at home, which we're not that away, is what's screaming us. away from home, we just go every goal kick goes long. It, it it doesn't make no sense how we change the way we play, and that's my only stylistic criticism of of the of what we're doing because we change and we stay what we do. So I imagine we'd still get points. Home. It's not a mentality thing of playing at home; it's a stylistic one for me. Yeah, I do, I do feel. Like, I think at the end of the day, the metric is we've got to have more shots. Like I know, like people have been going on about the shot, it's being outshot by other teams, but it's a good point because. You know, you've got to shoot to score at the end of the day and like just get get it in a position where you can shoot by hook or by crook. You don't have to be knocking the ball around for 20 years and not crossing the exactly. halfway line. Get the ball forward quickly and get shots off. It, it, we would put teams under pressure by doing that because we've got... If we would have played Sigurdsson yesterday, we'd have had Calvaloon with Charleston and Sigurdsson in some sort of diamond shape. Sigurdsson's good long-range shooter. Richarlison can run and shoot. Calvaloon, if you hit the ball into the box room, you can get chances. <laughs> it's not like we've got limited players, is it? We've got good players. We just need to get the ball forward quickly. I'm not talking about playing out from the back and knocking it around and playing through midfield and to play with what Man City does. I'm just talking about what Burnley did yesterday and get the ball forward and have shots. It worked for them. Exactly. Terry, what? What do you think? Do you think we should be looking to like change the way we play ahead of the, maybe like obviously the City game is going to be an interest a different type of game altogether. It's like so Man City, but we've also got Crystal Palace after that in the league. Like, do you well, that's going to be win some repeats, isn't it? They're, they're that's what I'm very fearful of. I'm very fearful of that. They're very well organised team, so it's, we're going to have to do something different. It's the strengths. Just you know, as Owen said, you can't you can't expect these players to open the pitch up, and every time they even try and play a little bit more expansive, it doesn't work. Now, I don't give a shit if we ever outshoot the opposition again. I care if we outscore them. Like so, yeah. it's you've bought 
you've got to make you know the shots you do have count, and that's what we didn't do yesterday. Like you know, well against Burnley, I don't know when this is going out, but when we against Burnley, we basically just squandered loads of chances. Like Calvert Lewin especially, but. I'm not even going to take him out because everyone's attacked to a bad game and he's been fantastic this season. It just wasn't happening for him yesterday. Sometimes it doesn't happen for Ronaldo. It doesn't happen for Lewandowski. You know, it happens to everyone. But City will be more straightforward because we'll get to play the style we're comfortable in, the style that suits us. We'll but when up and ask people to do a job. When Palace come to town, we've got to just do the same. If they're going to let us have all the ball, just don't, just, just don't, don't do what we did against Burnley. Don't. You'll probably you know, have more of the ball against Palace because they drop off really deep. They don't press, so it was a weekend season. There they go. There, it's just, just, just on the hands to nothing. Play, you know, get in your set pieces and make them count, and you know, be solid defensively and stay compact. I'm all for bastard football. I'm all for like oh, it's a street fighting. I think that suits the club. I think that suits a lot of these players, and I think that's the way we're going to go. It's Carlo Ancelotti is not going to suddenly, you know. Becoming a rich man's Eddie Howe, whatever it is, he's he's gonna play. This is twice in the season a game focused towards me has been on in Sky and they've plucked him in the studio. Unforgivable. (laughs) Eddie Howe trying to tell the two managers how to play the game differently at half time. Behave, Eddie. The pair no more forgot more in the last five minutes than you'll ever know, you bloody beaut. Well. It's in it's in the box. It's in the bank. It's a bad performance, but there's there's always another game, and yeah, well, it doesn't need it doesn't it can be disappointed, but it doesn't need this uh, this meltdown that we always have whenever we lose a match. We, if we were in twelfth again and we were losing games like this, then then go mad. But we're still in the European positions, and until we're not in them, and it looks like we're not going to finish in them. I'm, I'm going to be relaxed about it. The manager knows what he's doing and he knows what these players can and can't do. Not what he can do about it if they if they're giving up. If they if they if they have mad ten minutes like they do like they did against Spainly and give up two goals, what 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 can he do about that? And it's not it's not on the manager really. It's not about these players. These players need to show that they oh, well, up for this now and that they want to. It's not. Go on. I'm just another Twitter rant, and I was actually trying to reason with someone last night who, for who thinks that all these home games we've been losing, it's not good enough. And Eddie Howard have won enough. It's like he must have bewitched oh, everyone no. being in the studio. That's something now, now thinking that he, he's half decent in his job when he spent about three hundred million every oh. season at Bournemouth and still went down. That's him. Um, that's that's my banner account. That just winds you up. Know. <laughs> Eddie Howard over Carlo Oh, I'd rather the Eddie Stobart over Eddie out, honestly. But honestly, it's just... I just think... It's not on the manager, I don't think, that performance. That is the players. The players need to decide how much they want to finish in Europe and be in Europe next season. The uh, Everton are the problem. Carlo Ancelotti is the solution. The problem is never Carlo. Not, not to this point. I've never seen it once where I've thought... If we had a better manager, we'd have won that game. Often it's he's doing the best he can with what he's got. And that'll change with, with better players. It's as simple as that. And I'm, there's some players... Arsenal fans, you've got so much to answer for. On screen, yeah. Arsenal yeah. fans, TV. <laughs> I'm telling you, they they uh, they started this. But now it's... Um, it, 
I think it's very telling that every time someone's mentioned the Champions League to him this season, he's just he's corrected them to Europe. He knows he's been around the block several times. He knows this club's not this squad. Sorry, it's not good enough to get in Europe. They're getting the I'll start that again. He knows this squad is not good enough to get in the Champions League. He knows that Europe is the realistic game, and I still think we we will finish in Europe. But it wasn't a good wasn't a good game. Does, that. They've got to fashion them. Obviously, knows the core right now. They've got to find another way. I mean, Carlo's got a part to play in that, but the players themselves need to, you know, toughen up and, you know, do what the core does. We think we need to find another way. Maybe if it is Godfrey in midfield or something else, but we just need to find a way to start winning games again. And it's going to be tougher without the core, but. You know, Carlo, I'm confident Carlo will find the solution. It's just how quickly can he find the solution? Listen, my head fell off. When Alan got injured, my head fell off and I thought the season was going to tailspin then. And Tom Davis came in and proved, shocked everyone, didn't he? So he's, he's got to figure out. It might even be the same player. Tom Davis might do it again. If he's, he's either going to put him in the Allen position at the base of the diamonds or he's going to put him on that right side. But I, I think... Carlo will manage it. I don't. I think the only way we'd be in real trouble would be if Alan and Decore were injured, like, and then we really would be like project restart. But I think there'll be better games for the two of them. Hopefully, we'll have to just wait and see. But yeah, definitely want to forget. We'll just have to move on. See how Man City. How we, how we get on against Man City in the cup? It's a big game. Uh, not the one we really wanted to fight after this, but. If we win that, everyone will forget her until we get beat 2 onto Crystal Palace. <laughs> there you go, man. So we thought that'd probably sum up the season, that. So we'll, we'll see anyway. Um, so uh, it's on to next weekend against City in the Cup and, you know, big game. We'll see how, how it goes. Hopefully, we'll put this one behind us. But Don't lose definitely... to Brighton, no. That's unforgivable. They give you the win. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that's not even I'm talk about Brighton just yet. But, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at this one anyway. Uh, Everton won, Burnley 2. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Toppy Blues, your source for all things Everton. Uh, I'm pleased to say in this video, I'm joined by James from the Babylon Blues and also Tom, who's, uh, who's joined us on the Burnley preview and is joining us again. We're going to be talking about Alex Awobi today, which is going to be, you know, a, a bit of a informal sort of thing. We wanted to really talk about, uh, you know, he put himself in the limelight a bit um, with, with his, his, obviously, his social media posts and then the game against Burnley. So I, I'm really interested to go and um, to sort of talk about him. James, I'll come to you first, if that's all right. Just before we start talking about, you know, our opinions on him, is, uh, you know, cold hard stats this season, 25 appearances, two goals and one assist, sorry, one goal and two assists. Um, but what have you made of him just, you know, from the naked eye, James, this season? Because he's, he's definitely splitting opinion a bit. Yeah, I think in terms of his, his raw numbers like that, it it obviously it's it's not been good enough in terms of this season and last. I didn't realise he only had one goal in the league last season and no assists, which uh, definitely isn't good enough. I think his underlying numbers have always been fairly impressive. I think before he, he signed for Everton, they were kind of what was pushed out and that, that kind of um, infused me towards the signing of him, I think is sort of expected goals and assists were quite good as progressive passes and runs were were quite impressive. And that's what I was 
hoping for when he came to Everton. Um, but I was a bit worried that maybe they wouldn't be sort of appreciated straight away. And I think that's kind of been the case. I felt he had a, a decent first half against Burnley on uh, on the weekend. Uh, but because he didn't get a goal or an assist, maybe it, it was sort of overlooked a little bit. Um, but yeah, the, the cold hard numbers you say definitely aren't good enough, I think, and they're what needs to improve. And I think that's what he needs to start doing if he wants to um, start in his sort of, you know, his preferred position, as you, as you touched on there. That's what he needs to start getting out. But um, yeah, I think he's putting a, a handful of, of good performances for us this season, but I would like to see more from him. Yeah, I think I'd definitely like to see more from him. I think people's main problem with him is. And obviously, footballers can't control their own transfer fees. It'd be a good thing if they could, but they can't. Um, and he, he sort of disappoints. That's that's the thing with him. And I was I'm, I'm I I was a fan of him in the way that I thought he worked hard. He played in a few different positions, but um, his attitude walking off the Chelsea game annoyed me a little bit. And I do agree. I think he started the game well uh, against against Burnley but I don't know if he, he really did enough um, Tom who's you know joining us today mate thank you for coming on and speaking to us your thread on Twitter I really enjoyed reading through I thought it was it was really good and I liked how you dove into his uh, into his game a little more a bit more so uh, go check out the thread if you haven't already guys at TLogic1991 on Twitter um, but yeah you you were very much under the impression that is is get he was very underrated against Burnley and that his his game was a lot better than than Evertonians led on. So yeah, just want you to elaborate on that a little bit more because uh, you've been you you've given us cold hard evidence to some of the good things he did do. But yeah, just want you to elaborate on that a bit for us. Yeah, well, basically after the well even before the game, I was on the preview where I said. Uh, I basically said that Alex Wolby's performance against Chelsea was one of the worst performances I've seen in terms of defence, defensive positioning and things like that. He was terrible. But you've got to take sort of emotion out of it and then basically sort of judge him on each performance. And I think I think Carlo Ancelotti's done a very, a very shrewd and a very well well thought out man management situation nearly where he just Put water over a fire in terms of coming out and basically saying, "Well, if he wants to play there, I'll play him there." And he duly did put him there. And I think, I think in the first thirty minutes, he, he he played well. I don't think anyone could really suggest that he didn't. It's it's more so like after thirty minutes, we're two 0 down. I wouldn't necessarily blame that down to Alex Obi. It was down to the other three in that midfield. That that structure that he sort did was just totally non-existent. So. After 30 minutes, Ancelotti sort of panicked and changed formations. So, yeah, I think... Uh, I don't necessarily know what the whole narrative was because the whole narrative was that i seen was that he'd done nothing. But I've seen a lot of things that he did do well. So I think he, the sort of agenda that you just automatically assume, say, to like, oh, no, he's, he's had a bad game because he hasn't scored or he hasn't had an assist. I think assists is a very debatable stat anyway in terms of it, it if you pass a ball through to Calvert-Lewin it's down to him to put it in there's the assist it's all down to creating chances and expected assists early in my opinion so listen I thought I thought he played well and after that he, he in the in the second half he, he went I went 
I mean, sort of backing that up because that's not his position. We all know it's not. We all know he's not good enough to play right uh, right midfield. But in terms of saying he done nothing, I, I don't agree. Yeah, no, I, th- I to be honest, I, I did think he started the game quite well. The first pass from Richarlison in, uh, into Richarlison, sorry, that we probably should have scored from that chance. And um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I do think there is a narrative, mate, that, uh, and it's it's a particular thing with Evertonians is that if a player has won by game, they're finished. Um, and it's it's the wrong narrative to have. It's the wrong sort of agenda, sorry, to have going into a fixture that it's, well, like, if this player's, doesn't do it in this game, then it's, it's not. They're rubbish, and I, you hate to see it because uh, I think our fans are very good at hanging up players to dry and finishing players' careers off just by just by our own opinions. And uh, I think Alexa will be on on Saturday. He had one of those games where if we'd have won the game, yet yeah, it would have been gone down as a good performance from him. But we were, we didn't. We were two 0 down after thirty minutes, and that yeah. Go on. Well, yeah, no. In at the two like the two first posts support in the first ten minutes he could have had a goal and assist mm-hmm. if if Richardson would have played him in so the whole sort of that narrative just switches up it's because we got beaten you're looking for in my opinion just an escape goal or someone to try and blame but what 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 what's one person uh, one player in an attack of midfield got to do with defensive. Defensively, it doesn't didn't make sense. It didn't really make sense because, in terms of if you genuinely looked at it, Alan had a poor game. Uh, Gomez was non-existent in my opinion, and Davy was out of position. So, it it was sort of where you're saying like we're missing Decore. We spoke about him. We tried to we tried to sort of work out work out a, a sort of system that would sort of negate uh, Decore's absence, but the it just proves a point that that diamond's got overran and it just it just doesn't work without him. Yeah. Um, and I do think being at the point of that diamond is such an important part of the team, isn't it? And he's put him there and I don't necessarily think that we shouldn't play him there again. Um, I think it's just people that... It, look, it was obviously a horrible game on Saturday. Um, it was one we're all keen to forget. It was an embarrassing one as well. Um, so I think people look for look for someone to blame at a time like that, and it's probably not right. Um, but I can understand where some people come from in that he's, you know, he's he's just uh, for the money we pay for him, he does a little bit less than what's needed, and I think that that's where it falls for him. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean. Just on that, he, he was never bought to be a right midfielder, so I don't see why we should judge him on that. I think he got put into that position. I mean, we've paid twenty five million for Ben Godfrey. Ben Godfrey goes for playing at left back. We'd be saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. He just it's it's very it it'd be very limited in that position. Alex Owobi got bought to be an attacker midfielder in a silver system. That that's the way that's the way it was, not he. When you look at his stats for um, Arsenal on a left left midfield and an attack, they're very good. And in terms of even looking at his stats when you compare to like Gilfie Sigurdsson, they're very good. It's just it's just more so the goals and assists that he needs to need. But in terms of that, you can't really suggest that he wouldn't 
do more or less than him until he play, gets given that uh, role for a long period of time. So you want to see him in that role? Oh, yeah, 100%. I don't think one one game should just necessarily just say, that's it, that's it, done. You, it's, I think it's a bit silly to suggest that just one game that you just all of a sudden just bomb him out the team. I mean, in the first few instances, he played the ball into him, um, he, he, he split the defence and carried the ball and uh, put uh, Calvert-Lewin through. If Calvert-Lewin gets a better touch, it, it's a goal, isn't it? So hmm. it's just little little things like that you're looking at and you're trying to pick holes. I don't know people can say like I was crossing and things like that. But he, he's not he's not that he's not that type of player. And you've got to give give credit where it's due because ultimately he was a big part of that first goal. He was the one who progressed past the defensive line. Sigurdsson or uh, James Rodriguez would never dream to do that. So he, he picks it up in the corner and plays a lovely pass into Davis and Davis surely obliges with a good cross, doesn't he? So in terms of that, I think he I think he does has, have a future at Everton. It's just how we're going to use him. Yeah, oh, I, I agree with that to an extent. I think he's a better... He's, I, I don't think he's someone... I wouldn't necessarily say, and, and it's, a, it's a tough one to gauge, but I wouldn't say I regret us signing him because I do think he's got a future at the club. Um, it's just people bring his feet into it an awful lot. Uh, and But I do think he's a useful player to have around, whether you put him in the midfield or, you know, we've seen this this season, he's willing to play in a lot of different positions, isn't he? And um, he just obviously had the sort of thing about playing in his preferred position. And now after after that game on, on Saturday, Evertonians will be looking around everywhere for, you know, someone to blame for it, which isn't necessarily right when I think... Nah, you know, 10 out of 11 players in that game had, had a bad game. Um, can't think of anyone that I think played particularly well. So, yeah, I think it it it's going to fall down to him playing a few more games in that position um, and maybe getting a few more goals and a few more assists is what we hope because, uh, you know, just as, as Tom's thread and Tom's proof shows, he, he didn't have zero impact uh, and... As well, one of his best games he's played for Everton against Wolves at Molyneux this season. He was he was in that position, wasn't he, with with Hammers Rodriguez just in front? James, would you say he's been a bad signing? Um, I think he's been a bad signing in terms of uh, what we've sort of got back from him because I don't think another club would come and come to Everton and say we'd take him off you for more money than you paid or or the same money that you paid, which is probably ultimately what Everton kind of need to look to is signing younger players and then then playing well for Everton and eventually moving them on. Um, I think we've definitely, I've got a much better chance of getting value for money uh, at sort of 28 million with, I think there's sort of six or seven million add-ons um, to be looked into at some point. Then we would have done 55, 60, 70 million for Zaha, which was obviously the alternative at the time. Um, I think... It's the whole point as well, just signing younger players and someone like Gilfie Sigurdsson, for example, who we signed when he was sort of 28, 29 years old. There's absolutely no way we're going to get probably anything back for him by the time we come to sell him. Whereas with Awobi, there's I think he's only 24 now, so there's still plenty of time to for him to progress at Everton. And um, I think that's just kind of what, what we've got to look towards. And that's why you can afford to sort of sign younger players. But... 
Um, as, as Tom said in regards to talking about what he, he can't do and he's playing in a different position, I think I look at someone like Mason Holgate, for example. I'm not sitting here berating him because he can't cross a football because he's a centre-back. So, yeah. And I think we just kind of have to go with that sort of same approach with Alex Iwobi. If he's not playing his preferred position, we're not going to get um, anywhere near enough out of him. If we don't get enough out of him, then he, he obviously will go down as a poor sign. But I would absolutely stick with him in that position whilst Hamez isn't there. I think he's our best option there. And um, yeah, having the whole issue and the reason why we were talking so much about him on the weekends was because of his what he did during the week with his post and now he put a target on his back there. And well, um, Ancelotti rather sort of heeded to his wishes and then obviously we're 2-0 down and I think that makes him a very easy target. Um, I think that was the issue with the weekend but I think it's, it's probably too early to say whether he's a, been a poor sign or not because I do think there's plenty of potential there for us to get something out of Awobi. Yeah, I think it has... Um... That post, I think he's made an unbelievably bad error of judgment there. Um, because when you look at his game on, uh, to be honest, Tom, I don't think you'd have to do the thread that you did if he hadn't put that post on. Um, yeah, no, so I, I agree. I think people just set the stores out straight away. And no, definitely, mate. Yeah, Bullseye, Bullseye was on the back, weighing him daily. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, but you know, if, if he doesn't do that, if he goes in and has a quiet word with Carlo. He said, this is where I want to play. Can you please give me a chance here? We're then looking at, um, you know, we're then looking at the game on Saturday night, Sunday morning, going, all right, we'll look at Alex Awobi. He plays in this different position. He started the game quite well. He put the ball through to Davis to set up, set up the Calvert-Lewin goal. He didn't play that bad, did he? You know, he played pretty well. I'd like to see him there again, but you get you know, a lot of blues on, on Twitter and, and stuff like that who will just have, they'll have the chopping block already at half-time, ready for 90 minutes when, when we've seen half of a player in the position that he wants. I think my only real problem with Awobi so far is, is crossing. I just I just think his crossing's awful. Um, Tom, what would you make of that? Because, you know, I've seen a couple in your thread that was like defender blocks his cross and stuff like that or... Is, is you know his, his cross isn't very good, but I think that's somewhere he definitely needs to improve. Um, and I don't think that's down to anyone criticizing him. I just don't think his crossing is the best. Yeah, I mean, in terms of his crossing, I don't think he gets uh, again. I don't think he gets much help from the right wing back to do an overlapping, overlapping run in terms of taking and creating space for him to get them over. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he certainly needs areas in. Listen, I'm not sitting here saying he's a world, a world beater or anything like that, but I'm just, I was defending what he'd done against against Burnley. Burnley. I mean, you, you, you literally can't just turn that, sorry, yes, Burnley, and you just can't turn that and say, suggest that he'd done absolutely nothing in the game when hmm. I, I had to put the, the threads out and show you what he's doing. I mean, in terms of looking at the threads, he, 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 you, you're looking at it thinking, yeah, his crossing is needs improving. But yet again, he gets he gets throughout into out of position. So in terms of in terms of if that's the only thing that we're, we're nitpicking in terms of crossing, then you know, I think he fully deserves his chance to get put into an attacking midfield role, especially, especially when he's not going to be out wide anyway, if he's gonna play there. I mean, in terms of in terms of his crossing, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's 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 either one or the other for me. I mean, if he keeps playing balls in like he did to Calvert Lewin every game, then I'm happy to take that over his crossing. Yeah, and you know you mentioned that, but 
the right back is a big thing, isn't it? Uh, because Mason Allgate isn't going to make yeah, those it's a it's a, it's a huge yeah. yeah. And when when Seamus Coleman it's come a on, huge, it's a huge he did, issue. He did, do a bit, he did do a bit more of that when Seamus Coleman come on, and that's why Carlo Ancelotti put him on because that that was his uh, that was his job was to was to overlap and try and get the ball into the box because um, it's just it, it, it yeah it that's definitely the most overriding issue in the team now in my opinion. Um, but how how bad's that for you, Tom? You know, having Mason Allgate at right back, or and you know leaving Coleman out because you know, and I'm I've been in the camp of um, you know Coleman's. This this is one of his last seasons. I don't think he's gone. He's good enough to be first choice anymore. Where do you stand on that debate? Because I think that does have a big uh, role in whether Alex Awobi is an Everton player next season or the season after. Yeah, I mean the, the right back situation's a very, very debatable topic, in it, and I don't think really anyone's can debate it in terms of we need a first first team right back to keep going. I mean, for the next what four or five seasons, hopefully. I mean, people are looking at Max Adams and things like that. That's that's fine, but it seems to be a bit of a theme going on with Everton every season, doesn't it? it seems to be in it like. The other year we're looking at centre midfielders. The year before we're looking at centre halves. They're always going into a, a season where we're very lightweight in one area. I mean, in terms of sending John Joe Kenny out on loan, the Atsu in the end. I don't think John Joe Kenny really had a had a future at Everton. Um, Coleman's probably the best right back in the club, and he's thirty two years of age. Mm. So that's a, that's just shows you really, and he's getting to the point now where he is picking these um, injuries up and. Listen, he's got one year, once uh, one year left on his contract, and he and hopefully he sees that out. But it's got a, it's it's going to be priority really, and, and I think I think uh, Ancelotti's already made that aware really that that isn't. We've seen reports, haven't we? Even so far, that even into February that and March that they're looking at uh, getting a right back in. Definitely need one. Um, same question for you, James. Do you think with a Max Adams in the team or some some better right back anyway, does that make Alex Awobi's position easier for him or more or more important? Basically, does it does it have an have a, uh, an impact on Awobi's role in the team? Because we mentioned there, it's crossing into the box isn't that great? Um, but a lot of that does come down to he always seems to look to his right. For an overlap and run from the right back and doesn't get it. Um, so, how much to you, James, does, does that matter, or do you think we're just making excuses there? Well, I think even even if he plays in the centre, I think a right back just helps you know, in terms of width, stretching teams out. Burnley, we're more than happy to try and contain Luca Dean and just let Mason Holgate have the ball because. He can't cross a football, Mason Holgate. And again, in the same way, I wouldn't necessarily slag off a woe if you're not been able to cross it because he's not a, a right midfielder in my book anyway, in the same way, obviously, Mason Holgate's not a right back. Um, I think that is a, a huge issue. And as I say, even he plays in the centre, I think having a right back and another option would, would help that. But yeah, if he's going to play uh, as a right side midfielder, then I think a right back would definitely help, uh, help the team in general, not just a Wobie, but... I was say after the Chelsea game, I was saying the exact same thing about how we go into seasons with one massive issue. I remember when we had Kuka Martina playing left back a few seasons back, and oh, don't imagine. Was, 
Uh, and it's like I can't believe we spent all that money and we went into the season with one le- with one left back and it was a you know 31, 32 year old Leighton Baines just absolute agony to think about and, and we've done the same again with, with a right back and it just feels like every season where eight nine players in where I think yeah this looks quite good then we have one or two light um, areas in the first eleven and we just can't seem to plug the gap properly and that's just what we really need to do in the summer. Yeah. I w- can I just just on that point? I think in terms of looking at a right back, I think it's very important that we get a right midfielder. Uh, that that's a massive priority. I don't think anyone in the club, I don't even think anyone at all in that team, you can put at right wing at right wing apart from a. I mean, Richardson, but then you you you're pulling out one of your best players out of position, really, aren't you? So it's a hard situation to have. I mean. With Awobi, I think his best position, the way the way he plays football and the way he, he likes to cut inside, it doesn't suit the right side. I mean, if he was on the left and he was cutting inside, he has a full range of options early, especially in, with a, a listen, he's got very, very good vision, Alex Awobi. And he's he's looking for that pass all the time. And I, I think he's got the ability to make it. So I think next season, if you're looking at in terms of if we do get a, a right winger in, I think you could maybe see a Wolby going left left mid or uh, playing in behind uh, uh, Calvert Lewin. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily yeah. saying he's going to play every game. No, no, no. <laughs> Just say he's, he's a very good option. But he is an option. I, I think that was my argument, Tom, is that he plays a few different positions. And I know the, um, the poll we put up on our Twitter earlier, which I'll read out to you now, um, is that the, the argument that, that John made is that um, he's a good option to have around that time when there's, you know, there's a lot of games coming on, and there's a, you know, we need to change the team or we need to look for a different option here and there to beat a team. Uh, I'll read out the the poll. We're going to be talking obviously about Alex Awobi. So we put this this poll out on our Twitter a couple of hours ago just to really gauge a fan opinion. Um, what is the overall opinion on him? Is he as bad as what some people are making him out to be? If so. Does Alex Awobi have a future and role at the club? Uh, 35% of people said yes. 65% of people said no. Um, to be honest, I, I don't see how you can say for a 24-year-old who's been playing out of position a lot, um, I don't see how you can say that's it, is Evan Keir's finished. Um, he just, you know, I think there's a lot of people still with a lot of adrenaline from the game on Saturday. And fair, right, fairly enough, people people get very wound up, and people get a, uh, you know, people support this team with all their lives, and you know, if, if something goes wrong, you don't like it. But I don't think he's finished by any means. Um, you know, I, I I can't remember the post match stream. I probably got annoyed at him, but we just lost two one to Burnley, and I was annoyed. And looking back on it now, three days later, I can say, yeah, he's a good player to have around the place. And I remember him coming on against Liverpool. I remember him coming on against West Brom. And I was happy with him. I thought he came on. He helped us win those games. He was fast. And he was. He looked to want to keep hold of the ball. I just think it's it's very waste, wasteful to say this player doesn't have a future at the club. So, Tom, I just want to know what, what, your, what in your opinion, what his future is. Well, if you go back through the middle of the season, everyone was praising Alex Awobi yeah. when he was playing right wing back. So it's a very fickle 
very fickle sport football, isn't it? So um, no, it's, it's, so in it's it's what you've done lately, really. And listen, he's had one back one really, really poor game against Chelsea. He's come out and said an Instagram post, but it's an a lot of, a lot of that that's rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way. But just on just on that, you've you've got to bury that because the manager did the manager made never made a big deal about it. So I don't think why fans should carry on against them. It got dealt with. It's 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 done with. So in terms of that, yeah, I mean, of course he's got a future. If you if you look at his stats and compare to like Gilfie Sigurds and anything, as um as progressive passings to Gilfie Sigurds's progressive passes is two point five seven per ninety. Alex Obi's is four point one one. Progressive carries, Gilfie Sigurds got one point eight seven per ninety. Alex Wolby carry eight 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 point oh six per ninety. And I'd make an argument that both of those players, in my opinion, uh, do have a role at the club in some in some capacity. But you're looking at but you're looking at it, right? And you you think you like James James made a very good point in terms of age and profile. You got a twenty four year old, twenty five year old this season who's played totally out of position, and then you're looking at it thinking. This club's about to give a 31-year-old attacker midfielder an extra contract. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't. I mean, if you're going to go into next season, at least give Awobi the chance to prove himself with James Rodriguez in front of them. With two, two of them, you're not going to miss Gilfie Sigurdsson. By far not. I think with with the amount of Carlo changes the team and he does like to move about and try different formations and tactics, um, there probably is... A very good role for him there somewhere that we we don't really know about yet. That okay, well he played there against Wolves with Hammers in front of him and he was really good. Um, scored a goal in that game, a really good goal as well. So I think it's just it's just extremely reactive to the game on Saturday to say that he's got no future. Um, I think he's definitely got a role at the club, and um, I see what you're saying about giving Sigurdsson the contract, but I think. You know, Wobi should be getting more more games. He has Carlo obviously does like him because he's, he plays him enough this season. Um, I think both of them are good, you know, rotation players. Uh, well, Wobi definitely has the potential to be more than a rotation player. But when it comes to Sigurdsson, which we'll talk about in the video, I just think that we need to stop saying this player is not good enough. Let's get rid of them because I then mean, there's the whole we've got lots of dead wood argument then. And it's like, I think, you know, both players for me have, have got a future at the club in some capacity. I think it will be much more so than Sigurdsson. But now I think, in, in, in you know, if you give him another chance in that position, when Hammers is out or, or instead of Sigurdsson or when, when Sigurdsson's not there as well, do you think he, do, he can have an impact? And he's got a bit of pace, which is, which is a bit of a, thing, a, a good thing. Because we've got too many players in the, in the squad this season, especially in the midfield, that aren't fast enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you if you if you're gonna if you're gonna give me a situation where you you hold one of them, then I'll take Alex Obi over Gilfie Skates and moving forward. Just in terms of what, in just in terms of wage wise, age profile, and things like that, you you've got to go with the younger lad because. At the end of the day, Everton are in a situation where this team is going to 
pushes into the top four. That's ultimately the goal. And the, the, the main goal is winning the league. So, Everton have got to sort of create a s- situations like Leicester have where they're selling these, selling these lads on for like 80-odd million each season. Because that's the only way you're going to start bridging this gap. You keep holding on to players who are just with no sell-on value, then there's a major issue there that they're going to suffocate the club in terms of FFP and things like this. So, yeah, it's going to be a big summer. It's Mm. going to be a big summer. And it's going to be very interesting where Ancelotti brands go with this this summer because they sort of went for the experience in Alan Decore and Hammers last season. So I wonder what the season... Yeah, it'd definitely be interesting... Um, to see what happens in, in the summer. It, something definitely needs to happen because the crop of players we've got now aren't going to get us... Might, might get us European football, but we're not going to go far in it if we keep the same crop of players. Um, James, just before we finish, mate, your opinion on, on his future and, and where you think he should go from here? Uh, well, I think up until this point, Alex Orby's Everton career has gone exactly the way I thought it was going to when we signed him. I thought that those sort of progressive run stats and progressive pass stats and his uh, expected contributions and all that, I thought that would go under the radar. I felt like he was on the back foot from the second we signed him because a lot of people didn't want him. A lot of people wanted Zaha, which I think for the right fee could have been a good move. But again, you're looking at age and profile. He was getting up towards his prime. He probably didn't have much long left at the top. And obviously he's... Hasn't been anywhere near as good as he was in that. I think it was the 18-19 season when he was he was very good for Palace. Um, and I just feel like up until this point, where he's been on the back foot, he was going to need to do a, a huge amount of contributing in terms of goals and assists for people to really recognise what he does for a team and what he is good at. And I just think because of how dysfunctional Everton have been over the last, well, near two years now in terms of changing the manager, then we football stopped for ages and then we were back and then we were off again and then we were back and then we brought Hamez in and formation changes, injuries, all that. I just think is really, if I could pick one player, I think it's hindered the most. It probably is Alex Iwobi. Um I absolutely think he's got a, a future at Everton. I think he can contribute to this team, but it's definitely not going to be it at right wing back. I don't think. I think that's where the problems are going to lie for him if he's not played in a, a position where I think we can get the most out of him. As soon as he was brought in, I felt like he was a number 10 or someone who certainly could play between the lines. And he, he showed that against Burnley, but because we got beaten, because he had that target on his back, he, he wasn't able to show that. So absolutely, Alex, where he's got a future at Everton. And the good thing is that if Ancelotti decides he doesn't, we should be able to get, I'd say, probably 75, 80% of the money we paid for him because he is younger and because other teams can spot his potential. That's what's good about it. And that's why someone like you know, Moish Keane, for example, who we signed, who's very young and he's obviously done quite well at Paris Saint-Germain, we should get a good sum of money for him if he moves on in the summer. And I think that should be the way we move forward now, learn from it. And, and um, I'd like to see Alex where we stay and add a right-backer, some more younger players into the team around him and add a bit of consistency. And I think we'll really start to see something from him. Yeah, and unless either of you've got anything more to add, I think we've covered everything. Yeah, no, I, I, I just think, I just think in terms of Everton this season, I think people have got to have some realization in the fact that we're in a very transitional period yeah. with the club, and it's only Carlo Ancelotti's first season, and he's he's working wonders really. I mean, 
you can pick holes in the whole season, but then day it's just, it's a football season that it's not going to yeah. go perfect, is it? So you've just got to have some some sort of reality check. And and listen, Everton Everton are outperforming the stats and everything at this current moment in time. And the funny thing is they've had a poor two games, but you're looking at other other uh, other results and they're still in the mix. Definitely. So, so there's still a chance. Ten games to go. Just show a bit more positivity in terms of towards players. You, you mm. can't do nothing at, at at this current moment. So when we get to the summer, we we can see what they do then. Yeah, I think, uh, and I, I actually hate it. Tom, I've said it on the our channel quite a few times. Is that for football fans, everything's got to be now, um, yeah. or else there's no there's no positivity at all. And we're still in. Uh, you know, Carlos' first full season. If you'd have told me at the start of the season, you'd be sick going into the running. You get your first win at Anfield in 22 years. Um, you're it's actually the finals. Yeah, in still in the cup. And you know, I had to bit your hand off for it. We come 12 they, last year. What? Well, sorry, we come 12 last year. Exactly. So it's, <laughs> people are overreacting. And I think basically, if you want to know. And we've been recording for about half an hour. If you want to know what we've said in this half an hour, is Alex Awobi was an idiot to go out and put that Instagram post by painting a target on his back. He's gone out into a game where a lot of people are watching him. The whole team is under people underperformed. We've lost two one, and he's the natural scapegoat because of that target on his back. Does he have a future at Everton? In our opinion, yes. He's got an he's got a future if he gets a bit more game time there. But look. Carlo Ancelotti has not won the trophies he's won by accident. He's won them because he's dealt with players like this before. He's dealt with situations like this before. And I've got full faith in him. And um, anyone questions, anyone thinks that he can question Ancelotti and think that he's not the man for the job, in my opinion, you've got, you need to sort, sort your head out, in my opinion, because he's, uh, I think, if you look at what he's done, yeah, he's done way more good than bad. Um, and I'd like to see you show me the bad. But, yeah, I think we've uh, covered everything. Then well to the match preview for Everton versus Manchester City, a crucial quarter-final in our quest to end the trophy drought. Uh, a major game and against probably the most imperious club in probably all of Europe at the moment. So, you know, by no means an easy task, but you know, it's on Carl to maybe find the way. Owen, we'll come to you first. What 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 is the way Carlo needs to go about this? Uh, wherever wherever we've got planned for the game, wherever tactics were, everything has to be perfect to beat Manchester City in the form they're in. That the, they're by far the best team in England, and you would say. If, the annoying thing is that we beat Man City and we didn't win the cup. That would be incredibly difficult to take. But getting through on Saturday night will be a very difficult task. A full Goodison, you 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 would, you know, you'd be talking about it as a potential. But they're they're just so good at what they do. I mean, we we're, we're going to have to catch them on an off day where the minds are elsewhere, and we're going to have to be at it. And if that happens, there's a good chance we'll win. If not, then. It's the likelihood they're they're going to be too strong for us. I mean, it's a great opportunity to get to Wembley. Um, it's a great opportunity to um, close in on, you know, the final and the semi-final and sort of ending this 
trophy drought, but I, I I must I must admit I do I don't see many avenues on which Everton can win this game as a as a as a stand city and now but you know anything can happen you know so we'll we'll have to wait and see it. Looking forward to the game. I think it's been it'll be a nice break from the week to week torment of the Premier League. Just having a cup tie that we can just take our minds off. Our, we're going to be need to be tight defensively. We're going to have to be solid at the back and keep sort of. If we concede, what if we go one nil down, we'll have we have to make sure we don't concede another. And it just to be as solid as we can go into with. And now a clean sheet mentality, which obviously always serves as well, because every time I mention it and every time we've done well and there's been huge praise for the team, it's on the back of that. So if we go into it, that kind of thing, and then who knows, but it's going to be really difficult. So we're going to have to start have an early start as well, get on the score sheets as early as we can. And who knows, but... Low ball. It, Man City in the FA Cup are quite an imperious opponent. Yeah, well, I think they've won the last three FA Cups on the spin, is it? You Arsenal won last year, but they have done before that, like, yeah. Something like that, yeah. But They, they, they are ridiculous in the competition. But um, we've got to try and find a way. Terry, uh, is there any sort of, you know, weakness of cities that we could exploit? Like a... Maybe give us a slight chance. Um, they used to be used to be able to run at their back four and and he'd start to wobble, but since they brought in Diaz, he seems to have um, tied that up a fair bit. You've just got to, as I said, play the perfect game against them and hope that they don't they have an off day because they are just a cut above everyone else. But I'm not of this sort of school of thought. I say they're unbeatable. Teams beat them, and I don't just mean like Man United beat them. When they, a few years ago, when they, they set the record for points, they were, I mean, they were knocked out the cup by Wigan. Like, they can have shock results, and that was when they had company and people like that are still at the club. And we just, we just, I, I think we need to go into in games before against teams that he, you know, who are better than his team. And he's managed to come away with the results. I think we'll go into it. We'll we'll probably approach it the same way we approached the Merseyside derby, same way we approached those games in December when we had injuries. We'll probably set our stall out to a very specifically tailored plan to try and counter Man City. And we've just got to hope it, it pays off. I reckon we'll see the four centre-backs across the back four. Wouldn't mind that. Luca Zina heads of Ben Godfrey. Um, and we'll probably see the two up front. We'll probably see the Charles and the defenders. I'd just play 11 defenders. Well, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we saw the back four of centre-backs plus Coleman and Dean on each wing. And then you'd have two whole players <laughs> in the centre with Alan and Davies and just have... Oh, <laughs> and Phil Neville and Johnny Icing in the field. Yeah. But um, honestly, you know, you, they're so good. If you're going to win the FA Cup, you probably need to play them. And I'd rather play them at Goodison than play them at... Um, Wembley. At Wembley, not that Goodison's been a you know happy hunting ground for us, but after the last cup game, you know, I, I think it's there for us to. If we're going to pull off the shock results, I don't think it'll be against them, anyone like that in the semis. It'll be in the quarters, and if you beat Man City in this cup, you've got to go on and win it. But obviously, the first bit's probably harder than the second bit. 
this thing about Goodison, I, I'm starting to think it's a little bit of a myth, to be honest. And I know we've been getting beat so Goodison, but is it is it the fact that we're getting beat so Goodison, or is the teams we're playing just counter attack teams, and we don't do playing counter attack teams rather than two and playing the Goodison because Newcastle, Burnley, West Ham. They're all teams that and fallen to an extent on the day. They, they like to spring into transitions. We don't really suit that. Whereas we played Southampton, we beat them. Leicester came, they had more of the ball. I think it's more to do with who we play rather than where we play. I think it's getting slightly over-egged, to be honest. But, so you're thinking that like maybe the City set-up could use our style no. the way we could try and counter-attack? But... I, don't get me I'd rather rather be playing Fulham this weekend than Man City but the, the point remains that I, I don't I think t- if we were playing like an Arsenal or Leicester or Man United or Liverpool or anyone Villa even mid-table teams or teams in the top six who like to keep the ball I'd fancy us nine times out of ten in them games to win the game or get a draw whereas we were playing I don't know who we play in a couple weeks Crystal Palace you just Shudder at that size of just not being able to break them down because they'll be even, they'll press even, they won't even press like Burnley or Newcastle, they'll just drop off and it's not going to be ideal as playing them because we don't have the creativity to make chances in open play. So we struggle in that kind of scenario more than we do against where we can drop deep ourselves. But I, I think it just so happens that the games we've been getting beaten at Goodison the teams we don't suit playing against. I know we beat West Brom, but they had to go and win the games and neither was the other going down, so they have to try and win games. I think the rest of the teams, the heads are above water, so they can just counter-attack. I think the only anomaly in um, any of this is probably the Leeds game with Goodison, which we were playing like the ball was not potato that day and couldn't find the blue shirts. But apart from that, I think it's more to do with a case that we struggle when we have to have the ball, and that's just what happens more at Goodison than anywhere else. I, I don't think it's a necessary thing that we can't play anyone at Goodison because if we were playing Liverpool at Goodison this weekend, you'd probably fancy us a bit more because they'll have more of the ball, wouldn't you? And Man City's the same thing. So I, I think we can approach it in the way we have done and been successful this season. It's just Man City happened to be a the more more higher caliber level team than than anyone we played, so we're going to have to bring that sort of game plan to the table. Plus, have a better look. Plus, hope Man City are slightly off um, tune. And if all that happens, we've got a great chance of winning the game. That's <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's going to be easy. Um, yeah. So, in terms of setup. Terry, what personnel would you go with? You touched a bit there on Coleman and Dean as possible wings in a 4 4 2. Who goes in the middle then? Obviously, with Corey being out as a major blow. Um, who takes that those two positions in the middle? Um, Alan and Davies. Um, so I'd have to, I'd have, ideally, I'd have um, Olsen in goal if he's past fit. I hope he is. Uh, the default. If the not force... goalie when needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll have um, the four centre-backs, Holgate, um, Keane, Mina, Godfrey. Um, probably have Luca Dean on the left. Um, 
Davies and Allen in the middle. Might even be tempted for this game to have Richardson on the right and have um, Sigurdsson uh, ahead of the two sitting in midfield because he tends to do a good job sitting on the number six, the opposition team. He might be able to do that with Rodri or Fernandinho or whoever it is who plays. But, but that, would be, uh, that would be my exact team, so there's no point. Yeah, Richardson on the right and um, Calvert-Lewin up front with Sigurdsson behind. So if he... Not going to go for that. I'd, you know, you got Richarlison up front and then to drop Sigurdsson and put whoever on the right, you know, could even be Coleman. But I'd, I'd prefer that first team just because I think that's probably got the best chance of doing it against um, Man City if any team's going to. Obviously, I'd like to have to call it, I'd like to have Hammers, but we haven't got them. And um, a team similar to that, you know, got the results against, you know, Chelsea, Arsenal in, the, in you know, December. I know they're not as good as City and Chelsea weren't what they are what they are now then. But I think that that's our best shout, something like that. Back four centre-backs, super defensive, super compact, and then just try and use Luca Dean and Calvert-Lewin to the best effect. Yeah. What we forget as well is the last time we played Man City, right in the sort of middle of their sort of great form, we went to about 65, 70 minutes, I'm sure, 1-1. And, and we... If we'd have got the second goal before they did, I know we weren't pushing for it, but if it had bobbled off for a corner and we'd have scored to make it 2-1, we'd have been in a great position to have got something from that game. We did really well to keep it 1-1 for so long in that one. If we can go a step further this time, then maybe I, I agree I'd go with that exact team, Terry Pick. The only thing yeah. that would make a difference maybe is to play a 4-4-2, put Richarlison up front and put Coleman on the right. And just make it really tight and go really direct. Yeah, I think either way, I think it's got to be something along those lines. We just need as much, you know, protection. I can imagine that the Lucas Ian further forward idea is definitely one. Me other plan, me other game plan is just tell every player to like stand on the line and just block shots. <laughs> 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 it's like the, instead of the low block, it's the underground block. Just yeah, we, we we're seeing. You know, men that lying below the the um the wall for free kicks. Yeah, just, just do lie, that. Lie on just top have of each other. the goal at various points and just let them shoot for ninety minutes, and then when the goalie comes up in the last minute, just to have a shot, we just all run up and put in their net. <laughs> I'm sure Steve Bruce has done something similar in Newcastle, and there's eighteen months there. I'm pretty sure that's a Newcastle tap. I think he done it too, wasn't that game? But... Yeah, he's done that, so we can do it. We can. There you go. I'm clutching the straws here. You know, that, that, this is almost on the level to Eddie Albion on telling Carlo Ancelotti how to manage Steve Bruce. Is going to be he challenged. was on bloody Everton v Burnley the other week. He, no. he picked the games perfectly. I can imagine he, that triggers you a lot. Yeah, he was bloody trying to tell both managers how to change their um, their stall in the second half with mates. Both of them were in a job for a reason. There's a reason you're in that studio because you got relegated and now crying for the Barnsley job in last September and everything you're rubbish. Probably like Valerian Ishmael gets picked over as a now. Well we got the job instead of Eddie Owl. Now they're flying so you got Definitely. the right one, didn't they? Definitely. But um yeah with this game in mind then Is it on BT Sport? It is on BT Sport, I think. Oh, yeah it is. It is Manaman Bingo at the ready. Oh, Fletcher Clark. Oh, absolutely. Fletch, Fletch. (laughs) 
Him and Glenn Hoddle. Like, oh, the oh. passing was brilliant, Fletch. Yeah, I can't, can't wait for him to be surprised that LTP defend set pieces again, even after <laughs> the 50th time he's seen it. I've got a Steve McManaman bingo written down somewhere on some weird documents. I'll try and take it up. Oh, he was him and Fletch. Talk bollocks. It's a shame you like the I'd like the women's day the other week. I think we were playing Chelsea where we or Yeah. And like yeah. I think I think they had like a, a woman co-commentator on like Lucy the Rogers, audio or something. Yeah. I thought that was excellent. Like, why didn't we just, just do this all yeah. the time instead of actually contributed and brought something to the show and knew what she was just put Lucy Ward in the in a room with Chris Coleman and have them both talk about the game and I'm happy with that. No, cliches. Yeah, just have them both just talking about Everton and Man City, and I can live with that. When Steve McManaman and Martin Keown, Martin Keown, the roughest centre half, go and talking about dirty challenges, it just gets to me honestly. And McManaman going on about diving. Yeah. Oh, he, he hates Atletico Madrid. The one I was watching the other night. He was been rubbish. Fletch over the two legs. It's one of them. I think he's obviously like he's scorned by the fact that they knocked Liverpool out last year. <laughs> oh, he was fuming that night. He's <laughs> extra Real Madrid on next Liverpool, isn't he? So he's not going to have been happy that night, is he? Absolutely, Wally. Well, yeah, we've got the pleasure of them too, him and Fletch. <laughs> yeah, so in other words, we've got the pleasure of putting Sally on mute. Or perfectly legal streams. <laughs> yeah. Which means rather listen to the game in Arabic than listen to that. Yeah, anything. I'd rather listen to one of those wretched watch alongs that like these these other um, YouTubers put on, like Mark Goldbridge, where they just talk in riddles for 90 minutes. I'd rather listen to one of them. Mac Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll finish up anyway. I think there's. That's about as much as we can say about this game in terms of we're looking for positives. <laughs> There's not many of them. But, um, yeah, predictions, guys. Owen? Nil two. Seri? Go 1-1 one, one and win it on penalties. Ah. Oh. Well, there's one thing you've automatically got wrong there, but we're not winning the penalty shootout. Carlo will eventually break all the hoodoos, make believe me. Yeah, eventually is the important way they'll be next season. Uh, I'm, and with that in mind, I'm going to say 3-1. Repeat of last one. I'm so desperate to win the game as well, but I just can't see any positivity. No, I can't either, mate. I'll be honest. Fair play to Terry there for finding some positivity because me and Oldman... I can see us going really long in the game at 0-0. I can see us just... But I can just see it just being like we're just never gonna look like we're gonna score, but they're just we're just gonna hold on in there till about seventy-three minutes. They'll score and then I can see it being similar to the United game, the the, the quarter finals against them in the League Cup. Oh yeah. I can see it being similar. Pain. That was pain as well. But yeah, the other guys. That game either to be fair, so my guys. Oh, we'll have to wait and see, but there you have it, guys.
But for you podcast listeners, of course, we're going to finish with the classic quiz, Terry versus Owen. The classic, you know, doesn't get any better than this. Uh, this time, <laughs> well, in terms of quiz performance, it probably does, yeah. But, you know, this is the, the showdown, you know, we've come to see very often. And, uh, yeah, I'll let, I think I'll let Terry do the coin toss this time. Terry, heads or tails? Heads. Tails. Owen? I'm sure he fixes that coin toss because every time we say it, it's always your horn. <laughs> he flipped a pen lid once before he realised there was no way of calling that because there was no sides to a pen lid. It was just... Yeah, it was like... <laughs> I don't know what was going on that time. <laughs> I'll go first. Yeah, so you're going first, Owen, yeah. So time to reveal the fixture in question. We'll cue the intense quiz music. There it is. Right, fixture in question. As we look ahead to an FA Cup quarter-final, Goodison is Everton 1, Sunderland 1, 17th of March 2012. FA Cup quarter-final. Owen, you're up first, mate. I can't tell you the team, but I can tell you the manager rested 11 players in the derby that went to U4 to get beat 3-0 and then not win the quarterfinals. Yeah, that's pretty much accurate. Yeah, as I think Kale scored. Is that your first answer? Um, yeah, um, Tim Kale definitely plays. Yeah, Tim Kale scored the goal, so you're off to a flyer. Was it the away match at Sunderland? Or the, the whole match, the, the first game. Uh, Tim Howard. Yep, Tim Howard in goal. Yelovich. Yelovich was up top, yeah. Leighton Baines. Of course, Leighton Baines. Sylvan Distan. Sylvan Distan. Flying through this one, lads. And how we normally were both one bizarre point, though. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. This is like probably the best rally we've seen for a while. Leon Osmond. Yep, Leon Osmond played. Marawan Fellaini. Yep, Marawan Fellaini played. I think I'll, I'll do any. I think you've only got four more starters to get. And then you've got the two used substitutes. Of course, we only use two substitutes. Bill Jagielka. And Owen's won the quiz. Terry surrenders with the usual, you know. The, Terry, haven't the... you got the memo by now? Win the quiz so I don't have to pick the song. Fucking <laughs> Cody last time, so <laughs> yeah. Phil Jagielka was an unused substitute. Oh, hey, so to Eisinger, yeah, it was Eisinger. Okay, well, um, Phil Neville, yep, Phil Neville, please. Drenta, Royce and Drenta started. You got one Royce more start, and then the two subs. Hmm. Victor Anichibi Victor Anichibi was an unused sub Magai Gay Magai Gay was a used sub he came on in the 72nd minute 
Did he get the assist for the goal, or was that the, the next leg? I think that was the other leg. Yeah, or the replay or whatever. Um, Jelovic got the assist for this game because he edited it on him and just hit Kale's head. Phil Bartley scored for Sunderland, I think. He did, yeah. Great goal. We haven't, we haven't got a right mid yet, so Kevin Morales? No, no Kevin Morales. Haven't you got him? Oh yeah, he might not have signed. Drenta would have been the right winger. Um, Drenta. It looks as though he was the left winger. Okay, Osman would have been off the right then. Uh, possibly, yeah. I mean, Darren Gibson wouldn't. It? Uh, it wasn't Darren Gibson. There wasn't no Darren Gibson in this team. Mm-hmm. Yelovich, Kale, Morales, Jelovic, Kale, up front. Oh, Coleman. Amy Osman. Yeah, uh, I think Owen's just got it. It was Seamus Coleman in his right wing yeah. days. Oh, God. Um, yes. Yeah, so. We've had, we've got one more sub. Yeah, just one more sub. Tony Abbott? No, Tony Abbott was an unused sub. He'll be a striker. Valios? Nope. Oh, it wasn't the strap, was it? It was the strap. Then a strap will hurt Came on for Royce and Dren. Dennis Strachwell Lacey came on for Royce and Dren in the 85th minute with us cheating a winner. Beat the Strach. Beat the Strach. Oh, honestly, so there you have it. That's the team. Tim Howard, Johnny Heiting, I think Silver. He quite good at that, I would say so myself. I think he's, no, he's done really well there. So yeah, you have Howard Heiting, a distant, James Coleman, Leighton Baines, Phil Neville. Royston Drenthe, Marwan Fellaini, Leon Osman, Tim Cale and Nikita Jelovic. And then Magai Gay and Strachwalesi off the bench. The unused subs were Marcus Hanneman, Phil Jagielka, Tony Hibbert. Marcus Hanneman. <laughs> yeah. Marcus Hanneman was still there. Jagielka, Hibbert, Victor Anichibi and James McFadden were the unused subs. To be fair, you normally give us a Europa League dead rubber. That Jimmy Martin played up front and none of us have a clue, so no more going to the terrible. Yes, we did. John was clearly feeling a bit more generous with this one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there you have it. Owen wins Robert the quiz and Owen reluctantly has to pick a song. Uh, do you know what? It's not a song. I, I'm just going to do it on purpose because... I, I just this time. No, it's not Emmerdale. It's much more higher class than that. It's gonna. I'm gonna choose the line of juicy. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm gonna make people go through the suspense. I feel every time we put the same episode on for the sixth time in the same day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna finish, finish with the line of juicy. We've had Corey Emmerdale and Lana Juicy in the past six months, so we're going to work. Even if I have to cheat, I'm going to have to start beating them. We're going to have to start rigging this. We'll have to start picking games from like the 90s or something. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, for now, we have to finish with the line of duty. So pick Marco Marco Silva games because he checked out at that point. (laughs) Honestly, pick the last six games of Roberto Martinez and I don't think I watched a single one. Couldn't I tell you what happened. I as well, to be fair. So I couldn't tell you what happened. Yeah, but there we go. We'll finish with the line of duty theme. Thank you for tuning in on the Toffee Blues and we'll see you next time.